Make believe, it's not pretend We might be ill, but we're on the mend It never stops, it never ends Welcome to Craig and Friends Welcome to Craig and Friends Welcome to Craig and Friends So I had a last minute outfit change. I was wearing a different hat, but I'm really into the scarf and oversized hat thing right now. And I was like, I'm going to do that. What kind of hat is that? Well, this is, is, is from a place called Child of the Jago. Boy George wears them quite a lot. And since RuPaul started dressing as a silent movie villain, I think he started wearing them as well, hasn't he? That's <laughs> um. <laughs> interesting you bring up RuPaul as a villain so early in the show because <laughs> few uh, contestants, candidates, if you will, have endured uh, such a magical, special kind of tirade as you on the main <laughs> stage. Well, I sit amongst the elite now. <laughs> Very, very verified um, air that you you were breathing. Yeah, it is. I think what there's only like three, three, four moments. It's a small amount. You got to enjoy that after being away for a while, so you really got to rest up and and enjoy the uh, <laughs> bollocking that you got. <laughs> <laughs> what a fun time! Well, we got well. That was uh, mentioned early. There we go. Thanks very much. Well, uh, you know, it had to come up, right? And you did mention RuPaul, so I know, and oh, comically oversized hats. Yeah, exactly. Now, what are you enjoying as a beverage right there? I have a a gin and elderflower. Ah. Um, because I, I mean, this, I was going to say that, well, I'm enjoying some lovely Joe Black Deco Punk gin. Um, but it's it's not that one because those are being bottled up. Uh, well, bottled up, shipped out now. They're all bottled up. Um, but I don't have my own one yet. I had the, I've got the little tiny taster bottles, but not the actual full size one yet. So I know what it tastes like, but I haven't got the full experience in a completed bottle in my house yet. Glad that you brought that up right at the top because we go from the Rue thing into this. It's more refreshing than the RuPaul story. How did it come about? Well, I so I was I've been working with um, a, a lovely gentleman by the name of Nathan, uh, who is dealing with um, the business aspect of of what I do. And I said, he said, you know, what do you want to do? And I said, I, w- I would love to collaborate with an alcohol brand, particularly a gin brand, to to you know do like a collaboration gin. And he was like, well, why don't we take that a step further? And how about you have your own gin rather than smacking your face on someone else's gin and i said you know what <laughs> yes yeah yes and it was it was uh, you know everything from the, you know how the ingredients are listed to the uh, the blurb the design the bottle shape the you know what kind of paper the label is you know and then i got a box of you know, all of my, you know, what flavors do I want? And then I got every kind of variation of that flavor possible. Arrived in a big box of lots of numbered tiny bottles and I had to film myself. You know, I guess in in days of old, you would have turned up, turned up at the distillery and tried it yourself there and then. But now it appears in the post and uh, you, you film yourself, or at least I did, drinking, you know, each of the thing, all numbered, all in a line, all in cups. And uh, yeah, we settled on um, number three. What are the flavors in the gin? In the gin is grapefruit, prune, and plum. Interesting. Now, is prune a common flavoring for gin? Prune, I don't think, is a particularly uh, common one. Uh, But a prune is just a plum. A prune by any other other name. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, uh, so yeah, it just it just all the gives it some depth, doesn't it? You know, this kind of sweetness of a of both the sugariness, the grapefruit. The grapefruit wasn't my choice; they suggested that, and when I tasted it, I was like, perfect. And it's got actual edible twenty three karat gold in it. This is a fancy gin. This sounds like a plug, but they're all sold out. You know, when that happened in four days, I was they said, you know, they're all sold out. And I said, what? <laughs> they're all sold out. What do you mean they're all sold out? People are asking me if they can buy some. Yeah, right. I was like, well, they, they can't because they're all gone. That's part oh. of the excitement, though, of the limited edition. Oh, that is. I just I just in my head, I was like, oh, maybe it's sold 20. that's what i thought would happen but no a thousand bottles congratulations thank you very much and that's the power of television (laughs) (laughs) well it's funny because we couldn't talk about the show at all when we first talked no we couldn't despite michelle visage leaking half the cast a year (laughs) in advance yeah besides outside of that (laughs) we thought we'd do the tasteful thing and just act as if that never happened yeah, it was, there was, there was, you know, we were just, what's, uh, elephant in the room is is one of the sayings, isn't it? But I'm trying to think if there's a another one where everybody's sort of politely not talking about something that's right there. Right. The prune in the gin? No, that's not the right. prune in the gin? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, the gold flake in the gin. The, the gold flake in the gin. No one acknowledges it, but everyone knows it's there. Yeah, I guess the elephant in the room is the best way to, to go with that. But if an elephant was in a room, wouldn't you go, fuck me, there's an elephant in this room? How could you not talk about it? Unless the room was very large, and then we're talking about, what, a field or an airplane hangar? <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, how how would you react if there was an elephant in a room? But the, the first thing you would say is, has anyone seen the elephant? <laughs> well, first, I'd assume, I, I think I'd assume that everyone was as, just as concerned as I was, that we were so close mm-hmm. to something that could crush us with their shit. I don't know if how I would verbalize that because I don't know the type of company we're in. Because mixed company mm. does make you reconsider what you're going to say next. No, I mean this is where this is where I trip up. Uh, I, mixed company never makes me reconsider anything I'm going to say. And that's <laughs> uh, I guess that's why I don't have that many friends. Um, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I know. I mean, people just go, "Well, he's just a bit eccentric, isn't he?" Oh, saying the inappropriate things at the worst possible time. Well, see, you're talking about another great tip, uh, bit of advice. Just carry that through line through everything, through every conversation. Yes. Right? Stay consistent, and you never have to adhere to the rules of others. Exactly. You do not need to 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 bend to society's will. Or if ills, society, quite frankly. Or ills, if uh, unless you, you know, you could just you can just live in a in a sort of vague, dreamlike state and just potter along. Yes, you might upset some people along the way, but you'll have a good time. Right, and those that you upset, I mean, do you really want to be in their company anyway? Exactly. Exactly. They're going to be the ones trying to do the cover up on the elephant in the room, and so this is also a good way to divine and parse out. Who should be there or who should be in your life and who should not? Who will talk about the elephant? Who will acknowledge the uh, noises and the smells? And, and the, the, the very possible death. Yes. You know, should it walk? We still don't know the size of the room. You got a giant, giant airplane hangar. You're probably not going to discover the elephant in the room or have any concerns about it for a while. And you can stay far away from it. If you're in, you know, a railroad flat, you're going to have a big problem. 
you're going to have to pass it on the way what to the, the bathroom. What the fuck is a railroad? What is the fuck is a railroad flag? That's, well, I guess they call it a railroad department. So I'm mixing up two things. I'm mi- mixing up New York and London. So in New York, a railroad apartment is the kind of apartment that essentially is a hallway, if you will. All the rooms you have to walk oh. through other rooms to get to. I, I know what you mean, but I, I hadn't ever heard of that phrase before. Do you know what I think about those kind of flats? And so many people share accommodation with people. Mm-hmm. And how do you share accommodation with people in somewhere where you have to walk through all the rooms to get to the rooms? People make uh, a lot of allowances for certain situations. Then again, I guess the price of rent does pay, uh, does play into it. Not pay into it, does it? You pay into it. Um, yeah, that's a tricky one. I think families more often than not will be found in railroad flats. But then... I don't know, and I'm saying railroad flat, that d- apparently doesn't exist, but let's say a flat is the universal <laughs> term for an apartment. The bathroom must be where? At the end? Well, you, you'd, you'd think, wouldn't you? You'd hope. You'd hope. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't want that to be the entry room. I, I think I remember somebody's student accommodation that I was friends with, that their room was where the front door opened into. And well, when you're a student, do you just sort of get used to any situation? I think people put up with quite a lot of things. What was the first apartment that you had? What was it like? I lived in a, a, a on reflection, um, a shitty little room in a, in a in a fairly nice house, but it was like a little weird, creaky wooden box room. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in the in the arse end of London, so you know it was like north, 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 north London. So it, <laughs> to get anywhere took to go out. I only lasted maybe five five or six months there mm-hmm. and then i went back to portsmouth my mum's house doesn't count as, as moving out and then i then i moved to brighton um and we, we actually moved into uh a, technically a luxury flat mm-hmm. it was it was the council tax band considered it a luxury apartment but this is a a listed historical building in brighton uh, which is the nice way of saying really old windows that can't legally be changed. Ah, uh, yes, yes. And maybe perhaps the landlord has no interest in updating the place because, listen, it's historical and we're going to leave it as is. Oh, yes. Lovely kind of uh, modernist building. Um, uh, beautiful. But, you know, I, I remember going away for a show once and coming back and the windows in our living room onto the balcony were all completely smashed. And it had turned out that there had been a very, very strong gust of wind. And oh. um, it had swung the balcony door open and the three other people that lived in the house were in a chain holding out the one who had gone out in a towel because they slept nude um, and their towel flew off into the into the night. Yeah. As they're completely naked holding the door as a person is holding the naked person. And then someone else is holding the person holding the naked person trying to get everybody back in to the house while well, the flat. Uh, during a storm, and then the windows were all broken. So, um, and I wasn't there to see this chaos, but I came back, and the aftermath was there. Well, you got to enjoy the aftermath. That's nice. Yeah, but this is see, you know, what was my first apartment uh, like? And I'm going to consider that the first proper one. Okay. Uh, yeah, that that's it. Windy, uh, yeah. cold. Mm-hmm. The 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 surrounding area. It looked very. You know, you looked at it. Oh, ever so posh, ever so posh. But the surrounding area was was kind of um, 
murder central. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like the, yeah. The, 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 the immediate streets. Though Brighton's is, is fairly okay in general for that sort of thing. Obviously, nowhere's perfect. But, you know, compared to some places I've been, you know, reasonably safe as a as a cisgender white male sure um but the yes the immediate streets were uh, very murdery um uh, so it was yeah it was a beautiful on the outside gorgeous on the inside if somewhat wonky uh-huh. cold yeah. windy um and surrounded by murder so the outside the streets around were vibey yes <laughs> but were you just excited to have your own place that you don't oh, really notice absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it wasn't, but you know, we were sharing. So it's not, well, not quite your own, but. I guess it's your first place, yeah. but you sort of overlook a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But now, you know, now, I mean, I live, where we live now is, is I'm looking around, is, you know, um, uh, well, 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 this, so basically, uh, I will make this make sense. H&M sent me a, a very uh, big bouquet of flowers right sure we had the flowers and we had to keep moving them to go into rooms and then it suddenly occurred to me and i said h&m don't send flowers to people who live in flats this small <laughs> that, that's just that was the, what occurred to me because they sent a cake as well and it was so big uh, and this bouquet of flowers was meant for an entrance hall it was that kind of size it was ridiculous then yeah, then it occurred to me. H and M don't send flowers to people who live in places this small. They're expecting the grand entryway where you walk around the centerpiece thing that holds mm-hmm. the flowers on the way to the grand staircase. Yes. And then the the kitchen, which should have the islands that you could then support the giant cake with. Correct. But instead, it was it's well, it's still there, the bouquet of flowers. Um, I can't bring myself to get rid of it yet because I'm starting to take roses out and put them in various um, vases. And, uh, vases, that's the one. Various vases. Yes, very various vases. Very. That sounds. Yeah, it could be like a an evil children's book or something. <laughs> various vile vases. The children's cabaret show that you're putting together for for <laughs> June when everything is opened up again. Ah yes, yes. Um, but the, yes, yeah, the the flowers are still. They just take over half of the kitchen. I think it's so lovely that they sent uh, the biggest bouquet of roses I've ever seen. But it's just it, it makes you realize that the attention of this kind of corporation doesn't normally happen for people like me. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure, sure. Listen, I got to get a bigger place because I'm going to get more of these flowers sent to me. Yes. Yes, boxes from H&M keep arriving with things in them as well. Wonderful. What are some of the garments that you've received? Well, they sent me a cape oh. um, from the from the Vampire's Wife collection, which is the, um, you know who Vampire's Wife are? No, no, tell me. Susie Cave. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, Vampire's Wife is her fashion label, and they did a collaboration with H&M. Another artist that did uh, an H&M collaboration who I love, Brian Ferry. He had his signature like tuxedo jacket available really? there. I never got one. I should I should go look for one on uh, on the eBay. I've been rewatching. Well, not rewatching. Watching. Uh, I'm making it sound like I've seen it before, but I haven't. Um, Babylon Berlin. Oh, I don't know that. Ah, so it's 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 a gritty crime drama uh-huh. set in Weimar Berlin. Ooh, sounds good. It's all in German, so subtitles. It's not something you can pop on uh, flippantly unless you can speak German, but I have to watch the the, the screen. Yeah. 
Well, I, re- I recommend this if you do like gritty crime dramas. But why I say it is because so the Brian Ferry Orchestra did some of the instrumental work for the soundtrack. So his his 1920s themed orchestra. Did you, did you know he had this? He does a lot of that stuff. A lot of the instrumental Brian Ferry Orchestra stuff. So I don't really remember what Brian Ferry looks like. So I was watching it and there was a scene in a club where there was a male singer in this this club. And I kept thinking, this man sounds like Brian Ferry. <laughs> but why, why Why would Brian Ferry be in Babylon Berlin? And this yeah. is before I realized he had done some of the soundtrack. Um, and then I Googled it and I was like, club singer, Babylon Berlin, uh, Brian Ferry. It was Brian Ferry. Thank you for giving me that little uh, gem to look for. Well, he, he only appears, he appears very briefly, but it's um, it's a lovely... So I, I mean, I, I, I love those kind of ATZ singers that um, eventually they kind of end up just speaking rather than singing. Yeah, yeah. With, with a heavy accent or a character voice. It's because I can relate to them on some level. Uh, but, the, the, <laughs> but Brian Ferry now is just like... Is it now, right? Would you agree? There's a definite there's a definite change in his vocal ability or agility. I've seen him a, many times, and the last time I saw him, he kept coming out with larger and larger scarves around him, you know, like as if that's going to help warm the voice. And he was sort of not hitting all the high notes, but he had other people to do it. He did some of the high notes earlier on, but he was having some trouble that night. It was also the last night of the tour, but I'd seen him earlier on the tour. Actually, I've actually seen him in Australia and L.A., Boston, so I've seen him all over the world, kind mm. of, which is fun. It's nice to, when you're traveling, be like, oh, I'm just going to go casually pop over and see Brian Ferry. You know, it adds something to it. I also, think it, I've seen, I don't think I've seen an artist that I really, really like somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think whenever I'm somewhere else, I'm normally very occupied. Sure. So I don't. I mean, that would be lovely to like go to like you know, be in Australia and then suddenly go. Oh, this person's playing. I'll go watch. Well, and also in Britain, you do have all the great venues too. So I would love to see Brian Ferry in England. I'm looking forward to that at some point. Well, I'll I'll, I'll request. It. I'll send him a little message. Thank you. And... Would you? Would you? As uh, <laughs> as the representative of British people. Ah yes, British hus- husky voiced eighties singers. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, no, I. Do you know what I realized? I have seen. I went to go see. Uh, Jinx Monsoon's Vaudevillians while I was in Pittsburgh. That was my like one of my days off, and I went to go see. Oh no, oh no, I'm still a liar. I saw uh, Dina Martina in Seattle. Yeah, they're all very odd days off. Well, you got to go see Dina whenever you can. Apparently, it was a big thing. Normally, they did their Christmas show was it was a, a yearly tradition, and it was in like a small bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this year, it was in a big, beautiful theater. And I, I've seen them in Provincetown because I'm originally from Massachusetts. No one got that this year. People were there, but I don't know what they were doing because I don't think there was any entertainment. I mean, there couldn't be. See, I keep getting confused what the rules are in America. What are you allowed to do? Well, it's it, it appears to be different state to state. Uh, California is still largely in full lockdown. From what I can tell, although I think some things have opened up, restaurants can do outdoor dining again. They couldn't for a while. It's confusing to me. I still just stay locked up in the apartment. I did take a walk the other night to go get uh, some vapes, you know, because I was trying to stay as healthy as possible. Mm. So I did take a walk up to Santa Monica Boulevard. It, it was around 1030, but it was very still and quiet, which was strange because Santa Monica Boulevard typically in normal times is very a hustle and bustle kind of environment. So that was strange. Kind of a wistful walk. Florida seems to be wide open. 
I don't know huh. what they're thinking. So it's different from place to place. But Boris, right, has said June is the target date for the UK. Yeah, well, that's yeah. The, I mean, the you know, I'm 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 holding out hope that uh, June twenty first that th- that night is gonna be. If that does happen, that's you know the sort of student freshers week. <laughs> yeah, New Year's Eve level of bacchanalia of chaos. It's yeah. it's gonna be. I will I will probably just stay home. That's probably a smart idea because it's going to be yeah. murder out there. Oh yeah, I mean, I all of this lockdown, people will have also forgotten how to drink, and as British people, we always drink very irresponsibly anyway. <laughs> what? I know, uh, I'm uh, shocked. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> apparently we have a we have an international reputation for this. Really? I didn't no. realize that <laughs> I went to other places. <laughs> really, I went to other places, and people would make jokes about it. You know what? As someone that's not from the United Kingdom, when was your first realization that you thought, you know what, what a bunch of boozy old cows? My ancestry is Irish and Scottish, who are no uh, shirking violets themselves when it comes to libations. So, uh, (laughs) you know. The devil's water. (laughs) Yeah. And my parents are from Canada, where, I mean, you know, just booze city. And I remember in the 80s thinking that they didn't have non-smoking sections. It was like heavy smoking and light smoking sections. At the restaurants and bars. <laughs> yeah, the British can put it away, and they can put it away warm, too, right? Yeah, see, I, I've just recently discovered the joy of, of putting ice into drinks. <laughs> this is from all your extensive traveling. Yeah, well, yes. Um, well, no, it was just, it's, you know, I don't really think twice about it. I'm just like, oh, if it doesn't have ice, that's fine. If it has ice, lovely, fine. And I've started doing it at home if I'm having a drink, because... It feels like a nice extra little step. Sure. It's as if you're at a bar that has ice. Yeah. And you can make it yourself. Yes, only it's a tray that's only like eight cubes that I just fill with water and then just put it in the shelf mm-hmm. and then take it out however long later. Yeah. Use those ones, fill it up again. Yeah. Put it back. <laughs> I like to get bags of ice if I'm making a lot of iced tea because I'll go through a lot of ice and then it's a whole process of... Filling the thing up. And also, I have too much stuff in the freezer. Uh, see, I did have bags of ice, but then I always feel a bit... I don't know. Maybe it's a... Maybe, I don't know if this is the British thing or a me thing. Uh, whenever I buy it, I'm like walking back with it. And I was like, Joe, why have you just bought a bag of frozen water? You have that at home. I don't trust the pipes in this building because I know that they had to replace a whole bunch of them a while ago. And I don't know which ones did and which ones didn't. And uh, California has hard water, and the filtration system is not terrific here. And the water definitely tastes funny here. So I don't drink the tap water. And I have to have a a filter on my shower. And then when I have to clear the filter out, you can see the residue of the stuff in there. So I go, you know, I just feel like I won't drink the tap water. Uh, See, I don't live in fear of my tap water, though. That's the, Mm -hmm. I guess, is the difference here. Um, I think, uh, what is... uh, What's hard water? I know I can it's never. It's got lots of minerals and stuff in it. That it, it's not great for your skin. You have to moisturize extra or something. I don't know. I've never really looked into it too much, but it can leave residue. For instance, on your dishes in the dishwasher. So I have this additive that you put in a little chamber in the dishwasher that softens the water. So you you Americans and your additives (laughs) what are you like well we got to combat all the other additives and the things that are there that shouldn't be there so (laughs) i'm sure there's other buildings that have terrific uh 
pipes in here, but it really ain't the case uh, here. You know, it's the kind of thing where if you don't use the tub, for instance, for a long time and you do crank the water up, a bunch of rusty water comes out. So I just imagine that there's that other stuff floating through. Yeah. So it's more of a building problem than an American problem, I think. That... Just uh, that 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 to me feels like some sort of horror film nonsense. Turning on a a tap and all brown water comes out. Yeah, yeah, it's delightful. Come 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 visit. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll collect it in cups. We shall freeze it so we can have brown cubes. Yes, exactly. So a little more exotic, and you get a little bit extra um, minerals. Well, you know, hopefully after June, international travel is 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 possible. Yes, it's back on the boards then, and I'm definitely looking forward to coming back to London. Oh, and another show I saw overseas would be John Grant in London. That was the last show I saw before the Panorama hit. Panorama. Yeah, the Panasonic. I saw him at the Roundhouse. I saw the Dresden Dolls there. What a perfect place to see them. There's a certain atmosphere to that place that seems to lend itself Mm -hmm. to dramatic music. Oh, yeah. it It was a very big Dresden Doll show. So it was the Dresden Dolls with about 10 support acts. With Margaret Cho as the MC. What a fabulous uh, pairing. Because they had different, slightly different lineups every night. Cabaret people, I guess. Mm, well, that that's, makes sense. It's not a shock. I'm like, what were you doing there? What the hell were you doing there? Why, damn you. Why, why would you go to such a degenerate place? <laughs> it's very off-brand for you, Joe. I don't know if you should be talking about this in person uh, or on the I show. Know. Yeah. Keep- this is what I think is funny is people talk to me about, uh, you know, they'll say, oh, this drag, this drag, this drag. And I go, I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and they're like, oh, you know that they've been they've been doing the, the this that scene and this scene. They go to this club. I was like, I don't know. I've been in cocktail bars singing Marlena Dietrich for 12 bloody years. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it's funny. Sometimes people will mention some movie to me that's brand new or something like that. Not, like last year, I remember being like. Listen, all I've been watching is Murder, She Wrote. I really, I don't know what to tell you. I, I, I would love to know. Someday I'll see it, maybe. But, uh, and then, or they'll ask what I just watched, and I'll be like, oh, a movie from 1983, you know. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I feel like I can relate to this, um, that I'm not um, a particularly very um, current person. I mean, I'm just, I mean, Bab- look, Babylon Berlin, the season three had come out last year, and it's, literally about gritty it's a gritty crime gritty crime drama in weimar berlin it's like it's it's this couldn't be more my thing right but it's a recent tv series so i'm only watching it now four years later yeah you had to make sure it was safe to watch by letting it sit and rest yes yes game of thrones i get very late to as well Mm -hmm. i got a few seasons to go before uh, the new ones came out, and and you know, then it gets frustrating, doesn't it? Because you, you, you catch up, and then you've got to wait every week. That is maddening. I did that with Breaking Bad. I watched the first four seasons in like three weeks, and then it was week to week, and that was torturous. Have you seen Breaking Bad? I started watching it, but I think I maybe made the mistake of watching it on a come down. Ooh, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. That's. Yeah, that would be bad. And coming down from uh, anything in particular that you'd like to say, or oh, I, I don't think I could talk. Uh, you know, that's fine. Maybe I'd had a vitamins, drink. Vitamins. Maybe I'd had a drink. Yeah, vitamins. Vitamins. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, not not great. Not great television for that. It definitely is not. It makes me crazy because I think, what's wrong with America? Why can't <laughs> you just pay for people who have cancer? 
Why do they have to become meth dealers? But if you look at Texas, there's all these fun drives going on to help them, which is great. You know, it's wonderful. But shouldn't there be things in place already to make sure that Texas doesn't get devastated and completely shut down by a freak snowstorm? This is the problem. There's all these structural problems that need to get fixed. Yeah, it's... It just... I don't... But obviously you... You live with it. So uh, it's a matter... As someone that has the... uh, Very lucky to have the NHS. Yeah. um, As as stretched as it is, and and the possibility of free healthcare, um, I just... Whenever I think that and remember that you get, you know, you go see your doctor because something seems not right and you just want to check. There's a big bill for you at the end of that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Which then leads people to sort of avoid going unless mm-hmm. they're really, really worried. Or y- yes. you have a really great health coverage system in which you still pay a copay. I, I just it just flummoxes me. I'm flummoxed. Well, I was flummoxed when I had um, the emergency service come to the Airbnb I was staying at when I was in London and sick last year because I thought that they were going to put me in an ambulance and take me to the hospital because I was unable to sort of I couldn't get uh, a, an Uber. I was very unwell, and I was totally shocked that they brought three doctors in. Well, one was in training, I think. They even gave me an EKG in my Airbnb because the philosophy is, well, unless you really need hospital care, it's better for us and better for you if we just come treat you at your place. It it makes Mm -hmm. all the sense in the world. And maybe it's not shocking to you because you might know about that, but I couldn't believe it. And of course, the big kicker is that it was free because you could get service like that in America, but I wouldn't even want to guess what it would cost. And you were fine in the end? Everything worked out okay. I still had some lingering stomach stuff when I got back home, and I had to be careful about what foods I ate. I couldn't eat anything spicy. I had to really be careful with this, that, and the other thing. But it all worked out. And uh, I was on like a course of medication. Like, I can't remember the name of the stuff. I I keep mixing the name up because there's that weird cult that has a name that's very similar to it. Nexium. (laughs) Nexium. Yeah, Nexium is the stomach medication that saw me through. But I remember on the flight back, I was still requesting all soft, bland foods from the air staff, like a banana. Do you have any just plain bread? Which also was kind of frustrating at Duty Free because you're like, you know, you're you're not going to be in England for a while. And of course, with the pandemic approaching, thinking, oh, it's going to be quite a while. And all I all I got were like plain biscuits like, because I knew I needed to like gnaw ah. on something to stem the nausea or whatever because it was kind of just like this painful. It was an ulcer basically. It was an ulcer, and then on top of it, I had a flu or something, and we're still not sure what it, that was. But it was a compound thing. The NHS saved you. Yes, no, the NHS did. I ended up spending a lot of money staying in London longer than I expected to by many many weeks. But I, if I had gotten the healthcare that I got there here. Oh, forget about it. Do you know what I mean? It would have been uh, curtains <laughs> financially. Mm. So now I'm thinking in the future for healthcare stuff, I'll just fly out. Yeah, if you're ever if you're ever feeling unwell, it might actually be cheaper for you to just fly to the UK. Cheaper and way more fun. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, I want to talk more though about your time on Drag Race because we didn't talk about that <gasps> last time. Oh, we we didn't because we couldn't because if we had. Michelle Visage would have shot me down with a sniper rifle. <laughs> That's right. Maybe RuPaul might have gotten cross with you, which thankfully never happened. 
in the show. Uh, <laughs> But you, you and your compatriots from season two, though, have had a really unique experience because I think this is the only time one of the seasons has been interrupted halfway through, and there was that extra waiting game. First, you have this long period yeah. where you can't tell a soul, right, about being on the show. Mm-hmm. I, I imagine that's pretty easy to do. It's easier um, when you're locked at home. Uh, <laughs> sure. Sure. That, that 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 takes that takes away the the um the I don't want to say the thrill, uh, but the temptation to you know after yeah. a couple of drinks in a club because like <laughs> you know you could lean over to someone and go, I'm on track race. Right. Do you know what you could you could but those weren't open. Who are you going to lean over to? Aaron already knows. Yeah, he's, he's the only one who knew. Though I, it was funny actually the. The lockdown, the first lockdown didn't happen until I think a few days after I had come back. So I was I was home. Yeah. Um uh and they were still filming while it was locked down while they figured out what happened to productions. Right. Um I guess there was like a bit of a leeway with uh, you know films that are currently being made or TV shows that are being made or whatever. But I was I was home. So I got home on the Thursday and there was a and I joked uh to Aaron uh that there was a so there's a club night called Polyglamorous, which is a very kind of uh very queer, fun, lovely, really nice night out. Um and I joked to Aaron, I was like, Oh, I'll come to Polyglamorous, but I'll have to I'd have to leave first on drag race though, wouldn't I? Ha 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 <laughs> Um <laughs> <laughs> and um and then uh, lo and behold on the day before polyglamorous i phoned aaron and i was like i'm on my way home and he said what happened and i was like michelle visage <laughs> 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 what happened bowie um uh, bowie well and, and, and i'd like to comment on that because i and many 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 other people thought it was completely ridiculous what she said, which was basically that you picked a very obscure look. And uh, now if she had said it was a bad look or you didn't, you know what I mean? You didn't do it well. I would still disagree, but at least it wouldn't be a specious argument. This, as it turned out, was a specious (laughs) argument. (laughs) It was really, it was really bizarre. The amount of people that said to me, they were like, what is she on about? (laughs) Like I don't, I can't. I, I just kept going. She's the judge. She's the judge. I'm, I'm, I did what I thought was a fairly obvious Bowie, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, uh, uh, but, but people get angry about it to me, which I think is really, I've been stopped in the street, and people go, "Why didn't Michelle see Bowie?" Like, sort of people grabbing me by the lapels and shaking me, yeah. like, "What's wrong with her?" Uh, <laughs> you're, you're gonna have to speak to the manager about this one. I listen. Uh, yeah, you're gonna have to. Yes, it's RuPaul. Um, yeah, that was. Uh, but here, when you're there, and she says, "Oh, I wish you'd done a more mainstream Bowie. This doesn't read as Bowie." And then, sort of, because I, I think the whole time I managed to. Um, even though we'll come to my second appearance. Um, oh, we will. I want. Well, we'll get into all of it. Yeah, you're good on time. Good. Um, I um, both my appearances. I think I, I managed to stay very, very calm and collected. 
Um, and a lot of people commented and said, how did you remain so calm? And I was like, well, it's because I'm on television. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which you don't have to do on a podcast, by the way. So this is good. Yeah, I don't have to be calm. Patreon.com forward slash Craig and Friends. This is where you can go to support the show and get loads of bonus episodes, including the new fresh Joe Black listener questions, which is posting in a day or so, followed by a few days later, the Batman Returns Movie Club with Joe, an epic taping. We had quite a good time, and it's chock full of uh, (laughs) kind of bizarre stuff. Other movie clubs coming up very soon. Cherry and Sophie will be joining me for Crybaby. Gabby Dunn for Can't Stop the Music. Taped that one recently. It'll be out soon. You get all the lockdowns, all the bonus episodes, all the listener questions episodes, and so much more. There's also tiers for the Hot Dog Club Zoom meetup, which happens every other week. And there is a reward tier for every budget, from $1 to $100. And of course, the $100 tier is the exclusive territory of the executive producer tier, or she's an executive, to which I'd like to thank Brian Neck and Lindsay Rose, the people's candidate. So what are you waiting for? Head on over there now, sign up, and slide on into the thunder buns of Hot Dog Club. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let me praise you for being so calm and collected because such poise, in addition to such turnout, such poise. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, it was, you know, when someone's saying something that you don't necessarily agree with, you're like, well, I know what I signed up for. Um, and I, you know, you're not always, you're not going to hear necessarily things you want to hear. So just calmly take it in. Smile, nod, agree. They are here to do their job. This is their valid opinion. Thank you very much. And just, uh, just you know, accept it. Um, and the, but the Bowie one was, uh, I was, because sometimes I think my face does stuff that I don't realize I'm doing. <laughs> and I was really worried. I was like, if they keep that her in saying that that's not Bowie, if it would just cut to me, like narrowing my eyes. <laughs> uh, like hmm. The classic cutaways <laughs> too. They love a good cutaway. Yeah, they do love a cutaway. Um, as we found out in my second appearance, <laughs> um, they. Uh, but yeah, I, I was, I was really, really proud to say so calm because it was such a build-up, and then for that to be what happened, um, uh, yeah. I but I, you know, remained and smiled and did my thing and remained um, nice to work with, which is what I wanted to do. It's not going to do you any good. To no. argue back, I mean, we've seen many examples of the results of that on the show. <laughs> and also, you know, people fell in love with you from just the one episode, the ones that didn't know you already. And many, you know, many do. Yeah, that was that was the thing. And, and, and also it's I would be doing myself a disservice by clapping back. It doesn't achieve anything. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's not going to change anyone's mind. Um, you see people try to explain stuff on the show and it never goes well the, the, the judges are there to, to to judge and judge they did and uh you know i have signed the paper i am there to be judged upon yes exactly so you handled it very well 
even though it was probably vexing at the moment in the moment to try to process the information that you had not presented a mainstream enough Bowie. <laughs> you know, it's not like Tilda Swinton did a look inspired by that very look, and it's not like that uh-huh. was a look from the Life on Mars video. Or American Horror Story. It wasn't used as the god of media in in American Gods. If it had been, then you could maybe, you know, maybe have a case there. Yeah. But it, since it wasn't, you know what I mean? And it's it, usually not used for promo material when they're promoting old Bowie stuff. So... No, yeah, never. No. <laughs> <laughs> never, never. Yeah. You know, if he did something a little bit more mainstream, like his look from, you know, his mime days, you know, when he was a mime, maybe something like that. Gottmik did. Right. There you go. So, you know. One of the, one of the, one of the mime ones. Yeah. I, I'm fairly sure they did. I'm building up the um, courage to watch season 13 right now because I'm, I've been told that it's quite argumentative. And I'm not sure after also dealing uh, with watching the one I was in, if I'm ready to watch lots of um, people in drag scream at each other for an hour. Were you able to watch the show without any kind of strange feelings when it started airing? I So episode one was a bit odd. Really? Um, because obviously, I knew, <laughs> yeah, well, because uh, I, I, I knew what was going to happen. So that one was a, a bit of a different experience. Well, sure. Um, I very, very happily watched two and three. Four, I was nervous because I knew what Ginny did. Um, and it was because I wasn't there. It was the nerves of seeing it. Yeah, sure. Um, actually happen. And then I knew that I came back in five. Um, and, I, and, and that I had I'd made someone very angry. Um, <laughs> and then six, six, six was fine to watch. Um and then I'm looking forward to the rest of the season when I have absolutely nothing to do with it. <laughs> sure. Do you mind talking a little bit about the emotions that you went through during the whole process? Just because it's obviously a very big, exciting thing to go on Drag Race. And then oh. it feels like it was snatched away from you so quickly, uh, twice. And I think a lot of people watching it, myself included, know that you on Snatch Game would have been incredible. It says Tallulah Bankhead. Right. Tallulah Bankhead. My father always warned me against men and booze, but he said nothing about women and cocaine. (laughs) 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 Uh, Yeah, it seems to be that anything that I would have been particularly um, experienced at was always the episode after I left. So the rats, the rats rusical. Um, I feel like I could have, I could have comfortably gone, you know, let me twist and ratchinate, bite your children. He's easy. I would have loved to sure. have done that. Yeah. Um, and I would love to have done celebrity impersonation. And they were, you know, episodes two and six, the ones after I leave. But instead, I was in a, you know, I didn't do very mainstream Bowie. You went so obscure that. Uh, yes. It's a good thing they mentioned Bowie by name because none of us watching oh, would right, have been yes. able. To figure no, that everyone out. looked at me and they said, "What the hell are you doing? Why, why are you dressed at when when Gaga went to that red carpet?" <laughs> um, That's right. Another example of something. If if only Gaga had dressed up in that look for the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn, damn, damn them all! Um, but then I was in a pop group for episode five, and and there was two things I was worried about with Drag Race, and that was. Um, pop groups and sewing and uh look what happened the good side is everyone did see enough of you to get a sense of you 
once one gets a sense of Joe Black, oh, they just they just got to have more. <laughs> I think it was. I don't. I I don't think anyone has ever once looked at me and gone. Do you know what? This man would be very good in a Eurovision-based girl group challenge. <laughs> right. Not once has anyone ever thought that. So I was, I think I was really pleased, really pleased for that because uh, I think uh, the look on my face also suggested like, Joe shouldn't be in a pop group. <laughs> Joe shouldn't be in a pop group. Yeah. Uh, which I think, I hope, hopefully, um, in, uh, invigorates the desire to, to for people to come see me be a ridiculous um you know chain smoking gin addled cabaret lunatic well i think absolutely i mean of course well i hope so with the pop group thing as well you did say something to the effect regarding your outfit that it was the closest thing you could think of to a sort of eurovision outfit as opposed to the very dark cabaret outfits that you had my thought pattern was other people will have pink I will not have any other pink because I don't wear pink. Right. So I will get some pink to in order to match other people. And the other option, if it, you know, for the people that were very offended that I wore High Street, was would would, would they have preferred me to wear an opera coat and a fishtail dress? <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I mean? These are your options here. It's either this this pink very plain mini dress or I dressed as a Gustav Klimt painting. There is no between. <laughs> right. Like th those are your options. Yeah. That's what we have to work with here. And I'm trying my best. I, I feel that I've picked the most appropriate of these options. Yeah. And uh, another kind of uh, unfortunate turn was you saying H&M to them as a sort of acknowledgement saying like, yeah, listen, I get it. And like, you know, because they were, what did they say you were wearing? I can't remember the, oh, the name yeah. of the Michelle store. Oh, yeah, Michelle said it, 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 you know, very off the rack. It could be from Primark. You know, I'm not joking is what she said. Uh, so I said, oh, H&M, as a joke, because I, she said Primark. And I was like, the joke was, oh, a bit more upmarket than that. But still acknowledging <laughs> that, uh, yes, no, it is off the rack. I didn't want to just go, yeah, like... I just, I was, I thought that was really funny in the moment. I did too. And then, but then what happens is, do you know the response that you have, I guess, in, in, internally, when someone you don't like makes a joke? <laughs> I think, I think that's, that, that's, that's what's happened there. It's, it's, you know, someone's like playing on their phone and then someone they don't like has just said like, oh, I don't think those shoes go with those trousers. And they, <laughs> just the head turns round yeah. backwards. Yeah. Um, it was very that moment. Now, I have to ask then, do you feel that RuPaul doesn't like you? I, I, I mean, I don't know if I need to feel it. I think that was fairly obvious, wasn't it? Well, sure. But I wonder how true it is because sometimes in professional situations, you know, things can go a little bit askew. And maybe, I mean, Ru has to like you on some level for you to be on the show. I guess so, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think a challenge look has ever been judged that harshly before. True, but there is the potential that the time of the year that it was, not that it's based on astrological sign, but more the time during the <laughs> pandemic that it was, 
Do you know what I mean? With everyone's frayed nerves, and I don't know. I'm I, I'm not sure what's behind it, but I I can't I can't think that it's a distaste for you. That's what I'm saying. What I think's happened is that RuPaul had come from se- uh, filming season thirteen straight into All Star six, straight into UK two after a seven month gap. What do you think happens to your kind of gauge of expectations? When you go from All Stars to UK season two post seven month pandemic, the 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 British High Street is an emotional place. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know I you know I walk into my you know the H and M's the new looks the top shops and I just there's a tear in my eye. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I shout at a passing coat. Um, it's just, it's too much. It's too evocative. It's too emotional. Sure. Sure. Um, it'll just take time. It would. Yeah. It just takes time. And I hope someone on season three, uh, you know, you know, really make sure that they, they bring a couple of pieces in my honor. Well, you know who else has worn some H&M garments on drag race? Michelle Versailles. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So I just wanted to make sure everyone, (laughs) everyone listening are probably already knows that, but just to make sure that, listen, uh, H&M. Terrific stuff. Terrific stuff. This shirt's not from there, but it's from one of its contemporaries. So, uh, What really made me laugh was the night of that episode, I was going through um, Instagram stories and uh, Michelle Visage had done a breakdown of her look from the most recent uh, episode of season 13 and she said, earrings H&M. <laughs> and I, you know, I think, I, I think that they're, they're, there's like a clear switching point of post-drag race when you feel comfortable enough to reply to one of Michelle Versace's <laughs> Instagram stories and say, I don't want to see any fucking H&M. <laughs> yeah. and I, said, I said, what the fuck? What the fuck do you think you're wearing, Michelle? I don't want to see any fucking H&M knowing what was going to happen that night. And she replied with, oh, my God. <laughs> um, she was like, don't, don't, don't. Also, my stylist said they're not actually H&M. So this is just very dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, there was a moth flying through. Oh, um, and we're talking about precious garments such as these. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, this is another example of a moment where this is an iconic moment, even though it was very painful, I imagine, to actually be the recipient of that tirade and be the person on the stage while this is going on. But it'll be referred to in a jokey way. You know, I'm sure you're going to come back on other versions of the show. I don't know if there's going to be an international All-Stars or maybe a UK All-Stars at some point. But I can't imagine that you wouldn't be one of the people selected for either of those options. It's, I mean, like you were saying it, it, it about it hurting, but the thing is, the the returning person never stays. Yes, it's a thing, right? It is. It's a tradition. Uh, it's tradition. They ne- they never stay. Um, but also, how unfair would it have been? So I only found out I was going back about three weeks before. Everyone else had, had spent the whole seven months you know, knowing they were going back. I I was voted back in as an additional thing. I had not done episodes two, three, and four. I think it maybe would have been unfair for me to even go one episode more, you know, Uh unless both people stayed. Yeah, sure, sure. You know, uh, not, but I... I, I absolutely I think it would have been wrong for me to take anyone's place because I didn't replace Veronica. You know, Veronica was going to come back Right. Uh, and someone else was going to come back. Right. You know, it wasn't because Veronica wasn't there that someone came back. They were going to bring in a 
another person anyway. Oh, I see. See, that's not, I interpret it as because Veronica's not able to come back, we're going to do this. Even though that's an old trope of them to like, hey, guess what? Bringing someone back. It, but apparently on yeah. season 13, no one leaves. So, you know, they're mixing it up all over oh, the place. Oh, yeah, yes, still yeah. going, isn't yeah, it? They're actually adding people every week. It's still going. I've actually got to pack my bags because they're sending me into season 13. Oh, that's great. It's, it's, still, it's, it's still filming. That's the big secret that they don't want us to talk about. So, sorry, World of Wonder, but it just it came out. I heard that you are going to be sharing a, a flat, a railroad flat, with Shangela. Yeah. Because both of you mm-hmm. are going to be added to the cast. Yes, we're both going to come out of um, out of um, giant uh, pinatas of Veronica Green. <laughs> I think that's, that's a lovely that's tribute, a, a lovely tribute to Veronica, because listen, you know, she was uh, she was taken down, but she's sprung back she up, was cruelly snatched away from us. Yeah, yeah. She well, she keeps saying that she's you know she's not officially made her decision for um, season three yet, but um, I'm sure she'll she'll give them a, a resounding yes. I would say that would be the better idea. I would I would suggest so, yeah. Yeah. Now, would you go back if uh, they said the same thing to you? Not right now. First of all, you have season 13 to go film, which I know, and that'll take you into 2023, oh, as we know, because that's going to go for a while. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, no, I've got to go in. I've got to go snatch the crown on 13th fest. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I'm going to... If they... I, I, I want a few years off of, yeah. of being on reality-based... Uh, competition shows but also i don't know if they're necessarily for me um i'm what i'm what i'm really really grateful for is the platform that has brought people to me um and brought me to people's attention because i've made some really really wonderful connections and um the the the, the fans are, are wonderful and uh, so i'm really really proud of that but i don't know if if necessarily the format um is 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 particularly uh suited to me but i gave it a go and i gave it a go seriously that was the thing you know i didn't go in i didn't go in intending to be a joke thinking well this isn't gonna work for me but fuck it i'm gonna take someone's place anyway you know i went in as a you know as far as i was concerned a serious competitor um and you know i'd i'd got all those runways ready um and nearly every challenge except for maybe a pop one and uh and was ready to go for it. So it wasn't, you know, I hadn't I hadn't gone in there to as a joke. No, certainly not. And it's not as if during the pop group challenge that you were dismissive of it or anything. It's just that happened to maybe not be the best showcase for you. Oh, I think pos- quite possibly the 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 worst one that they could have done. <laughs> um I mean, pop but yeah, okay, pop pop was sewing because um I can I can sew. I don't like it. Yeah. And I'm not very good at it, but I can do it. <laughs> That's the thing is they go, you should learn to sew. And it's like, well, I did learn to sew, but that doesn't mean I'm very good. (laughs) Right, right. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know how to. They always say, you know, don't come here if you don't know how to sew. Well, I learned to sew. It's not very well. Well, there was a moment of reckoning on that uh, front with Tia as well. And she commented on the show. (laughs) I know every year you see these people saying, like, I don't know why I didn't sew. And she's like, and I didn't didn't learn. (laughs) Uh, You mentioned earlier knowing about what happened with Ginny, or rather what Ginny decided to do, uh-huh. then the nerves of actually leading up to watching it. Now, what was your feeling when you watched it? Without seeing it, I was very, very proud of Ginny. I, was, I thought that was punk as fuck to do. I think that no one's ever done that. No one has, because, you know, also I didn't, 
know the the manner in which it happened you know mm-hmm. it, luckily she had you know she sort of left gracefully and uh you know blew a kiss yeah waved goodbye like it was nice uh, and i still think even though it, it 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 was a graceful end it was very punk it wasn't and i don't mean punk like it was all you know hey middle fingers up at everyone yeah you know uh, you know, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. It wasn't that at all. It was, now is my time. Thank you very much. I will blow you a kiss and I will leave. Right. That's the punk part, that it was on her own terms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I thought that was incredible. Um, and it was, I was nervous to see someone uh, challenge the system mm-hmm. and 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 how that how that's portrayed. That was That was where I was nervous because... You know, anything could happen. Yeah. Um, it's it you know, it, it could be read as something very disrespectful, uh that that Ginny did. Um, though I don't think it was disrespectful. I think it was very respectful of her of herself. Sure. Um, to do it. Um and so I was just worried how it was gonna appear on TV. Right. And like you said, you never know the way things are gonna be taken even in the moment, because sometimes <laughs> you make a joke acknowledging that maybe, you know, your outfit was off the rack and it think there's a fucking explosion. So <laughs> Yeah, no, it was that was uh, that 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 was one of the yeah, I genuinely it was so innocent. It was so innocent. I was just like, Yeah, I agree with you. It is it's this is where it's from. Ha ha ha. And I laughed because I was like, No, I you know You got me. Yeah, yeah, it was there. Yeah, you, you, you got me. Oh, sorry about that. It was, it was, it was that, and uh, yeah, that wasn't um, that wasn't the response I was expecting. And I don't mean to dwell on it either. It's just oh no, I have spent the whole time since people going. So you have made RuPaul the angriest man that has ever walked the earth. And the funniest part about that is you're such a good-natured fun guy do you know what i mean like you you're uh you bring smiles and you bring levity so when that is like totally misunderstood by someone in a very hot-tempered mood it's it's quite remarkable (laughs) yeah but i think what made it worse was that i just smiled at him while he was saying it right Right. Because I was like, well, I'm not going to be upset because he's quite upset. So I'll just remain positive and smile, which I think made him angrier. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was trying to keep my cool. I was like, well, it's no, uh, there's no point getting upset. They're just making their feelings known. Yeah. Um, I'll just smile and and go, yes, no, uh, no, cool. Thanks very much for your, thanks for the feedback. I appreciate it. Um, uh, and and that just that somehow just made it worse. That's a good lesson for anyone. Again, like your previous lesson of remaining cool, calm, clear, <laughs> cold, calm, cool, and collected in the previous situation. Uh, once again, your professionalism won out because you also uh, well, you aided I, uh, aided and abetted probably one of the most memorable moments of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think people have said that it, it might be one of the most iconic moments in Drag Race history now. Oh Which yeah, I, I, I'm, 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 as a long-term viewer and also being involved in it, I don't think I can really understand the impact of that moment as a viewer because I, I was there. Yeah, and sure, and also you have your own personal feelings tied into the whole experience, yeah. which you know wasn't really pleasant necessarily. So, but, but as as a viewer, did you were you like 
What was your reaction? I, I, don't, I didn't really ask anyone else their reaction, actually. Well, uh, I appreciate that I am the first to be asked. This is very nice. No, uh, <laughs> so my reaction was, unfortunately, I didn't get to see it as it happened because I was a day or two behind, right? Mm-hmm. And as you know, with Drag Race, don't even think about looking at social media if you don't want things spoiled. So I sort of mm-hmm. got a sense of what happened, but... It really didn't prepare me for the actual viewing of it, which <laughs> I was actually like laughing out loud at the absurdity of it because I couldn't believe that she was so upset. <laughs> also feeling bad for you because all this in- this invective was being hurled at you and I'm fond of you. So that was very, you know, <laughs> and I, also the fact that, you know, you would just come back you weren't in a, as we discussed, you weren't in a, your perfect situation, you know, trying your level best to make it work. And you were acknowledging it along the way. You were even like, I'm not much of a dancer, but I'll try my best. <laughs> so it was a multi-tiered, a layer cake of feelings. <laughs> I put you through the emotions as well. And I was really stunned by it because a lot of things, immediately I'm like, oh, this is going to be a lip sync. Someone's going to use this audio as a lip sync at some point. At oh, some- you know, that occurred to me a few days later. Is so that that dress sold out. There um, you go. Uh, over uh, within within hours. Yeah. Of that of that happening, so I think what's happened is every single drag queen in the world <laughs> has bought that dress to lip sync. I cannot wait till my first gigs. If I'm doing like club appearances or whatever, there's like you know the. Um, uh, you know, multi people lineups, and there's some other sort of local people there, wherever it may be, where I can watch someone in a lip sync, maybe dressed as me, lean over and go, HM. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would do it with them. Yeah. If they, if they want to rant to the RuPaul line, I will happily play myself. You claim it. And that's beautiful. Yeah, I'm not going to, but it's also it's a it's a balance of um, not giving it too much power, as well. I'm taking it for what it is, which is a which is a very um, it's a very silly TV moment. And um, I mean, on on the deeper levels, you know, there are conversations about um, you know affordability of of going on Drag Race, and uh, you know, uh, some people are saying that you know season five was the last time you could do Drag Race and be poor. And I'm glad you brought this up as well. I think this is an important thing to talk about. There's a difference. So there's that there, there's what I was doing during the pandemic, which was I was just scraping by by selling things, doing online shows, Patreon. Uh, that was helping things tick over, that was keeping food in the cupboards and the rent paid and the right. bills paid. That was, you know, on a on a base level, that was all it was it was doing. Yeah. Um and then there's people that you know go on to drag race that cannot even afford that. You know, they were Chichi Devane. Exactly, yeah. Oh, was Heidi in closet? Was that was that a thing with Heidi? As yes, well? he- Heidi also had a difficult financial situation going into uh, Drag Race, and of course, Ellie works as a drive-through cashier. You're not you're not loaded with extra cash. No, but Ellie sews. That's the other thing. Oh, she sews. Well, fuck her. <laughs> but the people were going at Ellie and saying, you know, you just wear body suits and uh, you know detachable skirts, and that's because. That's what Ellie knows to sew. Also, Ellie is very young, right? Now, I know people say, oh, yeah, but if you go on this show... But if this is the what the person does and they've been selected to be on the show, there has to be some allowance for 
the person's style. You know, it can't all be mm-hmm. if the person uses bodysuits. If the person uses, for instance, the the big um, cost the goose. Co- what was it? The the the, the, uh, the the furry costume that she had. Oh, the seagull. Thank you. I, that's the third time in conversation I couldn't remember seagull. I was like the the big du- the duck. No, the goose. Duck the duck goose. goose. I like goose. She was a goose. <laughs> She's a goose. Anyway, if that's what you do, or if that's part of what you do, then that has to be given credence. You know, it's it just as much as someone who does. Uh, gowns or whatever and, and something I, we, I i sort of touched on and didn't go back to just because i think it's an important point to make is that uh, people like um who were in positions like chichi javane chichi devane were uh, or heidi and closet people that are on genuine poverty so you know i said about me where i i could get by paying my bills yeah not leaving anything extra, but, you know, due to selling things that I own, selling costumes, selling things that were meant for Drag Race, because as far as I was concerned, I wasn't going back. Yeah, sure. Um, able to pay my bills, but there are people that go on this show that can't even do that. You know, they can't afford to pay those bills, let alone also do that. And And I think it was Bob said that, you know, season five was... Maybe the last season of Drag Race, you can you can have not not have money and do. If there's going to be this kind of scrutiny, I mean, granted, it's a strange thing to say because by dint of them being judges, they have to scrutinize things. But mm-hmm. if there's going to be this automatic expectation that there has to be a level of um, opulence, let's say, there should be mm-hmm. a budget for each of the queens. Yeah. Because otherwise, they really have to rethink the way that they approach talking about the um cheap looking nature or however they phrase it that doesn't look expensive things like that those are all kind of in the same neighborhood yeah because then people go oh you know you could have you know you said you know you but you better glitter the fuck out of it as far as i was concerned that dress that was perfectly fine. That was perfectly fine for a for a for a pop group there was no i couldn't every day really mattered so i couldn't Spend money by paying someone else to do it. Well, sure. But I also couldn't do it myself because I'm somewhat preoccupied with getting all of the other things ready. <laughs> right. You know, you played it down, but as everyone has, suffered through the pandemic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There is financial problems happening when you can't perform. Mm-hmm. Like, so that does affect everything else, including your mental ability to ramp it up to come back to something that you didn't expect to go back to. Oh, yeah. Getting into the headspace of going back to Drag Race after, you know, uh, seven months when, as as I said, as far as I was concerned, it was done. You know, I wasn't I wasn't going back. Um, You know, I was I was out. Cool. Lovely. Can't wait to film the, you know, reunion, the, 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 the reunion, the finale, the promo, the trailers. That's going to be wonderful. Can't wait. That was where my head was with it. Like I, I when I got the call, I'd been given my brief for the for the Meet the Queens and for the trailer and things. So when I got my call asking me to go back, I was on a train. It was when lockdown eased a little bit. I was on a train to London to go for a fitting for my uh, my promo looks when they phoned me. But then of course I I arrive at the fitting and I'm like, and then you know, are you well? And I'm just sort of sat there like silently with my eyes wide like mm-hmm. yep oh good <laughs> oh no there's nothing oh, that just came over the phone that is on my mind right now i'm just uh yeah you know just uh yeah just been watching and a lot of, of course of TV. Aaron, Aaron was the only one 
was the only one who knew. So he was at work and I texted him and I said, they, they've asked me to go back to Drag Race. And Aaron just, just said, what? <laughs> I, was, I said, no, they, they've asked me to go back to Drag Race. And again, he just wrote, what? <laughs> I was like, so what do I do? And he was like, please give me a moment. And so I think he sort of went and he phoned me and said like, okay, well, what do you think? And I was like, well, I think it's quite unexpected. And he's like, right. So you just go back in? I was like, no, we, we, we win the chance to go back in. I was like, right, what does that mean? I was like, they, they haven't told me. Ah. <laughs> Apparently there's a one in three chance. I don't know what that means. You know, it's all very, very, it could be, would you might come back? Yeah, sure, sure. And until I walked into that room, I didn't know what the hell was going to happen. Well, so also then, if you're on reduced means as compared to previous times, pre-pandemic, etc., mm-hmm. how much money are you going to be investing in something that has a one in three shot of happening? A one in three shot, but here's the here's the other thing, right? Um, in order to do it, so it was, bef- it was well, restrictions were slightly eased, not gone, because they've not been entirely gone. Yeah. Um, but I actually had a tour booked in as the support act for Adore Delano. And the agreement on going back to Drag Race meant I had to cancel the entire Adore Delano tour. So the risk was, do I cancel an entire tour to possibly go back onto the show? Right. And I did, I did cancel it. Yeah. And I did go back to the show and, and, and I got back on. And then I made TV gold! <laughs> exactly. So it all worked out in the end. And I'm sure the Adore tour was didn't happen, right? So it's going to um, happen at some... I think a lot of the venues... Um, I think like half of the tour happened because it was when England was in... Um, England specifically, because I think Scotland and Wales were, was in, of course, separate with, with the rules. Um, England was in tier systems. Oh, yeah, yeah. At the time. So it was like one week suddenly somewhere where there was a tour show booked could no longer have live events. Right. So it was a little bit it was that. scattered in hopscotch. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that there'll be, you know, another tour with Adore at some point. Maybe she'll be my support act. There you go. You never know. <laughs> you know I doubt something it. T- some TV gold like that. You got gold leaf in the uh, the gin. I've got gold leaf in the gin. I've made TV gold with RuPaul. Um, I, you know, I, I, because I've, I've seen those moments on on the show and gone, ooh, my, ooh, <laughs> you know, and to suddenly, that is, I get my very own. I have never, you know, I've never yelled at a girl like this moment. All for me. All for me. Like you. I know. And then to be able to go home in the middle of a pandemic in isolation and just sit and think about it until it airs and then you get to talk about it all the time. It was strange because obviously there was the Bowie gate and then I came home and I was like, maybe I didn't. Maybe I didn't do Bowie. Maybe I didn't do Bowie for seven months. And then I go back in. I was like, ah, I'll go back in. I'm going to go in. I'm going to make, I'm going to have a lovely bloody time. I've made RuPaul very angry. Okay, I'm going to leave now. <laughs> um, that's actually, that. that's something I sort of started saying and then I never finished was, I was talking about this club night in, in Brighton called Polyglamorous. Yes. Um, so 
I, I, you know, phoned and said, like, you know, what happened? Oh, Michelle Visage happened, Bowie. Oh, okay, I'm coming home. So when I when I said that, you know, the only reason I only way I could go is if I was eliminated first. Right. And I was so paranoid about because you know you work with local wig people and costume people, and of course, when you go, I need these ten things. By this date, yeah. No, I'm not going to be able to talk to you afterwards. I'm gone for a month. I'm going on holiday. You go to a wig person and go, "Hello, I need a wig that says day at the seaside." Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, and this, and uh, yeah, yeah. You know, oh, could you also do me a David Bowie? Oh, do you know what? Actually, um, I need like a Nosferatu-y kind uh, of, <laughs> like just all of these all at once. Oh yes, no, I need them for yeah in three weeks. Yeah, yeah, right. three weeks. But you know, the reason why is I'm I'm gonna go be staying with family, and and totally incommunicado. Yes. So I need these for that. Yes, yes, all for that. So uh, I was I'm not naive. I know that people would have they would have said I think Joe's on Drag Race. Um, so I didn't want to go to the club night. In case people had clocked that I had left and then was back immediately. So I got an old pair of tights and some glitter paper and I turned myself into a weird balaclava <laughs> uh, glitter felt owl out of old tights and then wore like a big kind of shredded fabric faux feather coat thing. And a little beret and leggings and heels. And I go-go danced in the club in plain sight on the stage. Aaron was, he was to introduce me as Adam. That was that this is, who's this? This is Adam. He doesn't say very much. Uh, so I went go, and I go-go danced for the first time in my life. The day after I came back from Drag Race, dressed as an owl. Hiding in plain sight. The best thing to do. Yeah, and that, that no one, no one's gonna look and go. I think that owl might be Joe Black, and I think Joe Black might not have had a good time on Drag Race. Do you have any photos from that night? I'll try to find them. Please do, and I would love to post one. I did. I took some selfies. Good, good, good. I'd like to have some visual evidence of this uh, elaborate oh, ruse. Oh yes, and it's it's um yeah, my it was like an orange glitter beak, and it was uh, big, beautiful blue eyes. Um, and it was just tiny little holes cut out in the eyes and obviously <laughs> on, the, on the mouth. So there was, and then the the big glitter like beak lips yeah. were around my thing, so it didn't it wouldn't split where I'd cut the hole open for my mouth. Now, could you smoke easily with that beak? No, so I'd sneak around the back, and if someone else was there, I'd keep the mask on. It was I was very paranoid. If someone else was there, I would keep the mask on, and um. If they weren't, then I would take the mask off. Though when I left, there was a, another a drag performer from London um, was at the back and I had taken my mask off and was leaving. And then within days, I got messages from people saying, how was your holiday? <laughs> I was like, ah, I see. So maybe I should have kept the mask on for leaving as well. Uh, you know, what are you going to do? You, you did your level best. You tried. You, you did more than most would do, right? Yeah, but this is the thing the producers said. You know, they were like, you know, don't go sit front row at a drag show for just a few weeks. Just a few weeks. Yeah. So what did I do? I went to a nightclub <laughs> dressed as an owl and go-go danced. Listen, you didn't sit in the front row? 
You, you followed their no, advice. I, did not. I, w- I was the front row. Yeah, and maybe at that point you're like, listen, I tried to follow everything else you said. Didn't work out too well for me. So I am going to just do whatever I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be an owl now. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, I'll be right back. I'm just going to pee. He's gone 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 to pee. And I'm singing this song because he's gone to pee. 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 I can't go any higher. I smoke too many cigarettes. Take on me. Nope, nope, nope. Not even, not even remotely close, Joe. Gone to pee. Well, I tried. I can't say I didn't try. I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. There they are all standing in a row. A big one, small one, some as big as your head. Give them a twist, the flick of the wrist. That's what the showman said. Come on. I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. Every ball you throw will make me rich. And there stands me wife, the idol of me life, sing and roll a bowl a bowl a penny a bitch. Everyone sing and roll a bowl a bowl a penny a bitch. Just the women sing and roll a bowl a bowl a penny a bitch. Very good. Roll a bowl a bowl, roll a bowl a bowl, sing and roll a bowl a bowl a penny a bitch. Everyone, and I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. There they are, standing in a one. Two, three, four, big one, small one, some as big as your head. Give him a twist, the flick of the wrist, that's what the showman said. And I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. Every ball you throw will make me rich. And there stands me wife, the idol of me life. Sing and roll a bowl, a bowl, a penny a pitch. Everyone sing and roll a bowl, a bowl, a penny a pitch. Sing and roll a bowl, a bowl, a penny a pitch. A roll a bowl, a bowl, a roll a bowl, a bowl. Sing and roll a bowl, a bowl, a penny a pitch. Lovely. How far away is this bathroom? There it is. Ta-da. Hello. Yes. You are going. So uh, when you listen back to this, uh, I kept the recording going and um, I have a lovely little sing song to myself. Oh, I love that. I, 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 I start singing Take On Me, but gone to pee, gone to pee. <laughs> um, but it's and then I, I did the whole of Lovely Bunch of Coconuts, actually. And as I said, I went, how far away is this bathroom? And then you I went, there he is. Right there. So- <laughs> it's right there. But I, I had a lot of urine to dispense. Damn you. Damn you. Yeah, I know. That's how it goes. You know, look, I mean, I'm drinking all this iced tea, the water. I like to stay very hydrated. Are you good on drinking water? I've gotten better at it since I bought this. Um, so I need aesthetic um encouragement to do anything <laughs> sure i get that listen Gigi good prefers sushi does not eat fish but likes the visual and the aesthetic 
of eating sushi and the way you do it with the is chopsticks this, and all. Is this a thing? It's one of her things. Oh, did she said this. She uh, volunteered this information. It wasn't even pried out of her. That's why I smoke. Because um, all of the characters I like smoke. Do you know what I mean? Like we're talking the Cruella de Vils, you know, the old movie stars. Tom and, Waits. You know, Tom Waits, it's a... Uh, it's uh, it feels very aesthetic to me. But what I'm what I'm getting at is that I needed a nice cup. It is a tacky Starbucks Christmas one, but it was it's rhin it's like rhinestoned gold sippy cup with a lid and a straw. It's rhinestone. That's the important yeah. thing. I think you need to enjoy the vessel that is bringing you mm -hmm. the beverage. A lot of people like mason yeah. jars for b drinks. I can't stand them. I really don't like them. No. Uh, horrible. Horrible. They don't look good, and they don't feel no, good don't. because your lip is on the ridge, and I don't like that whatsoever. No. And I don't like plastic cups for much either. This this, this uh, ostentatious gold monstrosity is, is very plastic. Well, that's okay, though, because it's got a lot of spangles and doodads. Oh, it's ridiculous! It's utterly ridiculous. And I just saw—I one of my friends works in in, a, in the local Starbucks, and I got in to say hi. It was there. It was on sale for like two pound fifty because clearly no one bought it because it's very ostentatious. Sure. Um, and I bought two, you know, for a total of like five pounds. These two ridiculous cups. But I now drink more water because I have this stupid <laughs> cup. Listen, whatever works, and I think that if you're a visually oriented person, it only makes sense that you're going to be guided to health from a visual aid. Yeah, I, I, I kind of can't. I'm, I'm now like fascinated with the idea of Gigi Good eats sushi purely because it looks good. I think she was semi-joking, but definitely semi. There was a lot of truth. I in don't it. think they were. I don't think they were even. There was there was no joke there. This is just their truth. I think it's their truth, and I admire that. I also I admire their honesty with it. Good for them. Absolutely. That I like. I like. I like that. I'm. 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 I'm glad that they've admitted that because it. It also could inspire someone that maybe um, would like to eat nicer things or, or you know drink more water or whatever, and maybe they'll go. Do you know what? Maybe it's an aesthetic thing for me, and maybe I need that kind of drive. Yes, exactly. Or maybe even the opposite of that. If like my mum won't wear nice clothes because she's insists that that's safe for the best occasions. You know, that's an interesting thing. The best occasions or dressing up, dressing down for things. Mm -hmm. I don't personally like wearing sweatpants every once in a while. Like if I'm not feeling well or mm -hmm. if I'm very, it's very cold. There's a cold snap or something mm -hmm. and I go to bed in sweatpants. I just don't like it. And I don't like sort of the, the at home clothes. I remember my mom saying, oh, it's just you're like, wearing around the house clothes i don't really care for that and even my t-shirts i have three of the exact same brian ferry t-shirt that's my t-shirt for wearing around indoors i also have two of a different brian ferry shirt uh those were marked down on his site but the other one it's my favorite i bought one i liked it a lot then i got two more because i thought you know what this thing's they're gonna stop making this reprint of the 1985 boys and girls shirt mm. I need more. I have a couple other shirts I like that are, you know, backups. But generally, I'm like, whatever clothes I would like to wear out is what I would like to wear in. However, that has changed a little bit during this time because you're never going anywhere. So some days it's, you know, whatever. And, I, and I'm not poo-pooing it. It's just for me. I've, over the lockdown, I can't wait for more opportunities to go out because I feel like I've let dressing up slip. 
Mm-hmm. I'm saying this while wearing a, a cartoonishly oversized bowler hat right. for a podcast. Very, very sloppy but, looking. And by the way, let me say, this is the Eurorail or Eurostar of podcasts, and uh, we need a certain <laughs> level of you know presentation here. But it- I don't want to see any fucking normal-sized motherfucking bowler hats. <laughs> no, we need outsized hats, okay? Please. Ones that at least yes. are outside the frame. The top should go outside the frame. I- I don't want to see any motherfucking hats that fit your motherfucking head. (laughs) (laughs) They should be squeezing your fucking head until you can't talk. (laughs) (laughs) This, um, but the, the, um, what am I talking about? Oh, you were saying you let things slide a bit. Oh, yeah. And then so, you know, I've taken pleasure in even being able to dress up to, to be on a, on a, on a, on a webcam, you know? Sure. It's any excuse. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I was wearing one of my many Brian Ferry t-shirts up until about half an hour before we started the taping. I was in pajamas about half an hour before. Still no sweatpants, though. Can't do that. Nah. No. No. You know what? I think we're going to have to end this fabulous catch-up episode because we've got some listener questions to deal with. And that's for Patreon only, or as the English like to say, Patreon. I appreciate that pronunciation. I say Patreon. Yes, you do. I know. But some of your countrymen... Take him to the gallows. What's your Patreon so people can go over there and load up on great stuff? Uh, it's it's uh, patreon.com forward slash Mr. Joe Black. Um, that's M-I-S-T-E-R, not just M-R, Mr. Joe Black. Is that also the name used on Cameo? Because you do some fabulous cameos. Oh, it's my URL for Cameo, but I've, I've currently made myself unavailable on Cameo. Playing coy, that's nice. Well, not that. It was just so I've, you know, I'm new to this whole reality TV thing. Um, And I was absolutely convinced I could do absolutely everything. You know, I've been posting my merch, doing my cameos, editing my videos, um, doing my Patreons, um, going to the post office, packing the merch, getting myself ready, filming welcome videos for Patreon, or performing the exclusive Patreon content, or some awesome recording the audio. And I'm on TV, and I'm doing interviews, and I've got to have a life, uh, and it didn't. It doesn't work like that. Um, yeah, no, it's very easy to get thrown into complete burnout. Oh yeah. Also, you want everything to be of a certain quality. Mm-hmm. And that, that's exactly what happened. So I've 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 paused cameo for now because I was like, something has to give, um, and I want to focus on YouTube and and Patreon, and you know, making the best content I can for that. And the merch is is being going to be dealt with by someone else now as well. Good. Um, uh, as well as all you know, email inquiries and stuff. So I'm, I'm learning to 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 hand things over because um, I was honestly for the first you know the first two months I was doing it all myself and yeah. it was quite thrilling. Sure. Um, but then when I realised that I kept dropping the ball, making mistakes on posting people's merch and uh, the right things in the thing, and then oh I forgot to film that I need to do that. Oh no, that can wait till another. It it just became all too much. So um, yeah, now I'm, I've I've disabled the sorry the very long way of saying um, I'm I'm I want to put more effort and make sure that I don't drop the ball on Patreon is what I what I was getting at. There Absolutely, it, um, it's such a wonderful platform, and um, if something's got to give, I'm at, Patreon is is the thing that I think requires my full strength because I I love it very passionately. As do I, and I love the Hot Dog Club. And the Hot Dog Club is thrilled, by the way, that we're going to be doing some stuff 
for oh, fantastic. So, listeners, if you want to hear more of our chat, and I know you do, because how could you not? It's Joe Black. And we are going to answer a slew of listener questions and probably gab a bit more because we're prone to digressing. So head on over to patreon.com slash Craig and Friends. After, of course, you've gone to patreon.com slash Mr. Joe Black. Sign up to both. Because if you're not signed up to Patreon, you're only getting half the story. Yes, that's right. For more, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Craig and Friends. Sign on up and get access to the upcoming listener questions with Joe Black, as well as the Batman Returns Movie Club with Joe Black. And that way you won't miss getting in your comments and questions for Crybaby with Cherry and Sophie. And another fun thing coming up soon with Priyanka. See you there. <laughs>